Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Congratulations, you've unlocked some Gorilla Radio. I am a crypto keeper, Steve Strange. I will break down a digital asset called cryptocurrency. We are back in the saddle again. This crypto market is still showing signs of having Wild West tendencies. The crypto market got real close to hitting $2 trillion. In actuality, it got to, it reached up to $1.7 trillion. And that is quite a milestone. Bitcoin's volatile price got real close to touching $60,000. And that's pretty incredible as well. And yet we are still in a large speculative phase because really there are no, there's no total use case or full-on adoption. This is something that has yet to take place. This has yet to take a position in society. Bitcoin is getting all the attention, possibly achieving a status of becoming a household name. In today's show, I'm going to expose a little bit more of what um, Bitcoin uh well, there are two sides to every story. And whereas the current price uh, seems to be very appealing and can easily set greed in, I will be touching on some additional details as to what um, really, how else should we look at Bitcoin? Is it too good to be true? And, you know, with all the attention that it is achieving, you can't help but wonder that it is gaining 
popularity or it is it is gaining the awareness of many other uh, many others out there that otherwise would have never known there there's a bit of a a buzz a huge buzz going on about it right now that is causing a lot of news uh, to be created around it so that it's mentioned much more frequently enough to at least entice you or encourage you to find out a little bit more and what is actually going on so it's definitely some type of i don't know a beacon or a flare something that's shot up in the air to get you over here but in today's show i want to reveal that things are not what they seem. I should mention that this is not without some level of controversy. On one end, it is hoping for complete legitimacy with some of the world's wealthiest institutions and wealthiest investors gaining exposure by obtaining multi-million dollar investments either in their personal portfolio or rolling their company's net worth or a percentage into this digital asset considered a store of value on the other end this is considered very risky and irresponsible to allocate the integrity of a company in this way a company called MicroStrategy, which develops software for business, intelligence, or cloud-based services, as well as mobile software, has spent more than $2 billion on this keen crypto, shifting their corporate cash into crypto. Another well-known company is Tesla, buying $1.5 billion back in January and profited a billion dollars in returns. And by that, I will say they have obviously cashed out some or liquidated some of those investments because from that that high point that Bitcoin achieved, almost touching $60,000, it is now retracing. It is now correcting. It's The price is coming back down taking a breather now as far as how down how far down this price is going to go is anybody's guess whenever the price falls everyone's quick to holler out buy the dip buy the dip because it it seems to make sense to um, gain a little bit more bitcoin purchase a little bit more with a price that has devalued somewhat in in the hopes that 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 climb will once again begin and hit the hundred thousand dollar mile mark i think it's totally possible at some point but how reliable i guess i should say tesla furthered their business model 
by stating they expect to start accepting BTC, otherwise known as Bitcoin, as a payment option in the future. Whereas this may not sound like such a bad investment, the hesitancy in this decentralized currency is that it does not fit in with the monetary policy that financial institutions in relation with governments have in mind in transitioning into the upcoming digital financial system. There are many things that play behind the scenes. There are all types of preparedness, discussions, and meetings taking place and getting ready to roll out some new digital finance system. It's even gone so far as to use the, the term quantum financial system. Now, that term alone um, creates a lot of controversy on its own. And it's, it's truly um, fascinating to think about and even discuss. However, that is a discussion all on its own. And perhaps maybe one day soon we can return to that and figure out just what is the quantum financial system. Something that I believe we're, we will be seeing very, very soon. But I digress. Back to the point. There has been a lot of support on this show towards Bitcoin and the prosperous opportunity it can provide. Yet the argument still stands from a regulatory standpoint that this digital currency is fully capable of enabling nefarious transactions. I have seen this firsthand on what this entails. Bitcoin's transactions are transparent in its recorded ledger. However, the anonymity remains, enabling criminal transactions to continue. This is not the sort of operation financial institutions wish to conduct business especially with the capability of specific surveillance these digital assets can provide. Now that sounds a bit worrisome to say and may cause some discomfort to acknowledge when it comes to freedom. Yet again, knowing how criminal activity utilizes this particular crypto, I can see why there may be some bumps in the road. Nonetheless, this hasn't stopped some levels of society, cities, or countries to completely adopt Bitcoin. For example, Wisconsin wishes to lead this movement in making it all around accessible to its citizens. Or the governor of Miami allowing workers to receive payment in this digital currency. These are two examples of states in America that wish to show its, its forward thinking, its progressive ability to welcome new innovations and to, to exhibit that they are not, they're not trying to stifle innovation, but encourage it and to provide an example as well. 
But moving on, countries such as Venezuela or even Iran have embraced this crypto to stabilize or strengthen their economy. Another aspect to take note of this of this maintenance of the maintenance that Bitcoin requires. It is a proof of work blockchain, which means mining this digital coin requires a great deal of computing equipment, which requires an even greater demand for the energy needed. When Bitcoin first started, and we discussed it in an earlier episode about the beginning when Bitcoin was first being mined and how much was being allocated and what little was needed at the time. It was as simple as a small desktop setup that was very early in its computational era of creating these Bitcoins that didn't need a whole lot. But the more that the ledger in this blockchain grew, the more that was needed. So then you have to add on and keep adding on. And where once the the electricity bill that was fully able to sustain this, this task suddenly grows beyond, well, let's say you can no longer afford to regularly mine Bitcoin. And it requires quite a big deal. In fact, a lot of the... The, the mining has taken place, um, has taken the space of like uh, many acres in a warehouse. They've become mining centers that require a very, very large warehouse that some countries are willing and able to, to uh, prioritize or to, to um, you know, carry on as needed. There are organizations that are petitioning countries around the world to regulate and prioritize this type of energy consumption. One such energy is the World Economic Forum, and I have addressed that particular topic as well in a past episode. And when you become aware of the type of regulatory matters that it comes that it falls down onto countries to to again prioritize their consumption their energy usage it can be very taxing it can be very stringent and the campaigns behind this they they totally almost take a life of its own as well and the policies behind that grow grow to a level that it will begin to influence many other countries and continents around the world just to prioritize something such as this as energy usage. And this paints a target towards Bitcoin. The further more Bitcoin is mined, the more energy will be required to, to do so. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, I'm not swaying one way or the other, in my opinion, of this coin that still sits at the number one spot. These are just merely details as to how this particular crypto is being viewed. Another concern is a country's influence over Bitcoin through its hash rate. The hash rate refers to the total combined computational power being used to mine and process transactions. It's the whole network setup. And China is considered to be the central mining authority with an alleged 65% stake in Bitcoin's existence. So in a sense, this... This digital currency is made in China. Dealing with checks and balances, the proof of work method, which I have been describing here, shapes a destiny for Bitcoin that may be too much of a liability in policy making. It is true the world's reserve currency in the US dollar has caused even greater concern with massive reproduction in fiat showing no signs of slowing down. This is the cause that has so many seeking valuable alternatives. The endless money printing is one of the main reasons there are so many people flocking towards Bitcoin, putting massive amounts of their wealth into this digital asset. And it's Bitcoin's incredible scarcity, which appears to give it mass appeal. That's gaining so much attention with its reflection in price. And this only hints at the surface. Because, as I mentioned, when it comes to fiscal, monetary, or foreign policies, There are other factors at play. Families that need a stable currency to plan a future cannot be exposed to this volatile digital currency. And that statement alone is proof enough to know that it is not Bitcoin that is going to be the world's reserve currency. And I won't get into a lot of the other factors and details, such as its its slow processing transactions per second rate. These are just very particular examples into trying to get across and help you understand that on the surface, Bitcoin seems very appealing. And possibly 
enough to want to um, allocate even some of your funds into. But when it comes to an investment, you have to do your research and you have to know what you hold. You have to know what this is and everything that's involved. There are two types of cryptos. One is a currency and the other is a protocol, a unique type of internet operation. One, the one crypto that's focused on just being a currency is just that, a currency. And such examples as those are either stable coins or other types of blockchains that are, again, just focused to be currencies and no more than that. An example of these are one called XLM. From, uh, from the company called Stellar. So XLM is the ticker symbol, how you would look it up, Stellar XLM. Another one is called Cardano, ADA. Another one is called XRP. And this is a particular type of currency token as well that will have very unique operations and not just being a, a uh, currency alone, but will have other functions in the money markets as well, applying to all types of derivatives. So those are just a couple of examples, um, and there's more. Uh, there's something uh, besides the stable coins, you know, like USDC and, and DAI, DAI or true USD, you know, which hold that stability uh, dollar price range. The currency coins I mentioned, like XLM and, and uh, Cardano and XRP. And, um, you know, and when you look these cryptos up, you know, again, do your research on them. And they will specifically state they are focused on just being currency oriented, like CELO, C-E-L-O. Uh, I believe Elrond is another one. Um, and again, they, they specifically state that they are currency focused. So then it's a guess on um, which, which one of these currencies will be used. How will we know? Well, only time will tell. And I think they will offer some unique added function as to what type of blockchain or what time, what type of internet interoperability it has to conduct business as usual either in your life or your business dealings they're all very specific so when it comes to currencies there are definitely other options out there and all these other options that i just described to you are very different than the type of blockchain that bitcoin is because the bitcoin is is the proof of work method that requires all these uh, graphic chips um, and these graphic processors to all link be to all be linked together and to total in the thousands, taking up huge amounts of warehouse space and taking up huge amounts of electricity. The coins that I mentioned do not require that same process. 
they are already native onto the internet. They are already digitally created. And therein lies another example as to something that's going to be much more appealing than what you're dealing with when it comes to Bitcoin. So getting back to my point of, again, what we're dealing with and what I mentioned in a family needing this stable currency to be able to plan out um, what your expenses are going to be and what your savings are going to look like. Bitcoin cannot achieve this stable type of status. It is too unpredictable. Yet, citizens of a country deserve a monetary system that work in their favor as well. Exposure to this U.S. dollar has shown just as much irresponsibility from leaders in government and governments worldwide. Here's an example. I'd like you to listen to this clip. And it will give you a clear sign. This afternoon, but I got to tell you, uh, I'm going to be walking in for our last vote uh, here momentarily. And I am just flabbergasted that uh, my Democrat colleagues are going to be voting affirmative on this on this bill. And, and here's one of the reasons why um, this is this is uh, this is the state of play where not only are we going into debt for our own country, we're now going to be going into debt for other countries. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to this is kind of a little awkward, but I'm going to read a statement that I had intended to read on the House floor. Uh, but uh, the uh, the Democrat majority limited uh, our time this morning to of one minutes. And so uh, I wasn't able to get that done. Uh, so I'm going to do it here with you now. And, uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about this. So here's uh, here's my statement that I intend uh, and uh, on the House floor. I rise in opposition to the partisan bill we have been debating the past couple of days. Under language inserted at the Rules Committee, the U.S. would direct the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, to lavish $3 trillion on countries around the world. This is a permanent, no-strings-attached liquidity for foreign governments. The Democrats' bill would therefore send it at least $20 billion to the world's foremost state sponsor of terrorism, Iran. It means at least $17 billion for the Assad regime in Syria. There's also more than $170 billion for the Chinese Communist Party as it takes over Hong Kong and builds internment camps, and another $75 billion for Russia. Meanwhile, an amendment I offered to prevent Americans' banks from financing Iranians uh, who have been sanctioned for terrorism and human rights abuses wasn't even made in order by the Rules Committee. Strange priorities from the Democrats. It's obscene to attach billions of dollars for China, Russia, and state sponsors of terrorism to legislation that funds our military. I urge a vote, uh, no vote on this bill, and I'm going to be voting no. And uh, th this, is, this is to fund our military, and we are going to be directing the IMF 
which by the way, I, I had jurisdiction over at one point uh, when I chaired uh, one of the subcommittees on financial services. Uh, that was, it was called the Monetary Policy and, and Trade uh, Subcommittee. And so I'm very familiar with the IMF, very familiar with the good work it does, and very familiar with the bad work that it does. And I'm telling you, directing them to go spend $3 trillion on countries like China and, and, and Syria and Russia is, is lunacy. It's completely nuts. So uh, this, is, uh, this, is a, this is a problem. We have to deal with it. Um, I hope the Senate, uh, I, don't have great, uh, I don't have great expectations out of Michigan's two senators, but I'm hoping that someone in the Senate realizes how foolish this is and what we would be doing uh, if, uh, if, if we moved ahead with this. And uh, so again, no hearing in the committee. It got inserted in at the rules committee. My amendment that, would, that wouldn't allow American banks and therefore our deposits as American taxpayers be used to, uh, to fund Iranian terrorists uh, was rejected. They wouldn't even take up my amendment, yet they slid in a three a directive for three trillion, uh, three trillion dollars. It feels like a jillion, three trillion dollars of, uh, of of support for countries around the world when we can't even get an agreement here in the House and the Senate about what we're going to do with the extension of unemployment. So, <clears throat> I wanted you to hear that yourself as a clear example and the writing on the wall. This is a clear sign whereas see we are all in need of some type of remedy and these elected officials seem to only exhibit insanity and then he mentioned the IMF which is even more remarkable and again if you go back and you listen to episode 3 and 4 I go into detail about these particular organizations such as the World Economic Forum and the International Monetary Fund and the huge influence that they are having over every country. And the, the example that he's giving about the IMF is it is with their help that we're going to be able to print another $3 trillion. Now, I don't know what the mainstream media, the news that you're very familiar with out there, is telling you about what the the total of this is but you heard it from him from from representative i'm sorry is this this was representative bill Hazinga, i believe that's how you pronounce his name and you heard it from him it's three trillion dollars and the majority of this relief bill quote unquote relief the majority of it has nothing to do with the relief and the the great concerns that America is going through. And I mean, you have to really understand this. This is a, this is a play to continue to compromise the US dollar. So of course, it's no wonder why so many would want to be getting into some digital asset of some sort. And of course, Bitcoin seems like the obvious play because it's a name you know well. But I urge you to just research and find out about the other coins that exist that are much more reliable. And much more, well, they could be just as valuable, if not even more, 
Because again, in my opinion, I think Bitcoin has just too much complications for me to, for it to earn my trust. And so I diversify. I diversify the portfolio that I have in mind to allocate some percentage of funds to be exposed to as alternative currencies because it seems that we're going to have to find our own remedy in this and how joyous it is to think about when this country was founded when it had solid sound backed money with gold silver or any type of precious metal something a little bit more tangible, something that made more sense, that had that value. Well, we're in the digital age now. And whereas if you have disbelief in digital currencies at all, they have more valuable, more value than you think in the digital era, especially when they are capable of such advancement technology, advanced technology that you are still only just finding out about. There are amazing discoveries that are in the works that I can't wait to see myself. So in summary, my point is this. There are other cryptos that can solve very real issues with very capable advancements. So do not hesitate Learn, find out about this. There are coin exchanges, particularly if you're in America, look up the U.S. exchanges, Coinbase, Gemini, Kraken, Bittrex, or even digital wallets that have built-in exchanges within them, such as MetaMask, Abra. These are apps. These are websites. They're not complicated at all, and they are valuable to you to purchase and own these alternative currencies, this alternative money. So please stay tuned. Glad to return, get back into the swing of things. And next week, I will be highlighting a very important topic of security because once you get started and you may have a small amount say you start off with just a few bucks it's not a big deal you just get in your feet with you just get an expose you have to understand what this is it's very simple but once you get comfortable and then you understand the importance of it of what this really is and there will possibly be some digital currencies that will be backed actually backed by precious metals to make it make it more sound money once you start to get comfortable and understand how much more of a percentage you can invest into this one important topic you're going to need to know is the sense of security and how to safeguard your belongings, your holdings. And this requires a whole other set of 
of know-how and to-dos. Very important. Because there are people in this space that have been here for years and they make the most smallest and simplest mistakes you do not want to make. You do not want to lose out. And don't miss out on this episode. Next week, I will be touching on security. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more disruption. This is One Nation Under God and Crypto for All. This has been Globe Media Network Podcast.